Hey guys, I'm Rain, and welcome to Web Chats, where we find the most interesting people on the internet and bring them on to hear their stories. Some of the topics we cover can be funny, interesting, maybe even a little weird, and we do get into some pretty heavy topics, things like substance abuse, suicide, sex abuse, domestic violence. So a quick trigger warning, if you're sensitive to any of those things, you're going to want to think about that before you proceed with any of our episodes, because sometimes it comes up a little bit unexpectedly. If you hear me giving advice to anybody on the show, it's just coming from my own personal experiences and it's coming from my heart, but I am not a trained professional. I've been through a lot in my life. I've seen a lot. I've known a lot of people, so I have a lot to pull from, but I am not a trained professional. The last thing before we get into the show is I want to share a few resources that may be useful for you or somebody you know. So the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 800-273-8255. The National Child Abuse Hotline. 800-422-4453 and 24-hour drug and alcohol abuse support line including an optional 24-hour admittance to rehab is 877-987-6071. Okay, now let's get into the show. Web chats connected. Hey guys, it's Rain. Welcome back to Web Chats. I don't know if I've ever stopped and said anything about that intro, but that little internet thing, (laughs) it tickles me every time I hear it. I gotta admit, I'm pretty proud of that. Uh, Today's conversation is with Rose. She's going by the name of Rose. I'm gonna tell you ahead of time, this is one of those kind of tougher ones, at least for me personally it was. The reason why there's a little girl in the mix here. And there's not a whole lot that I felt like I was going to be able to do to save this little girl. And that's really eating at me a bit. I have to be honest about that. Rose is being stalked by a man that she used to be with. They were in a relationship for a few years. While they lived together, she was addicted to meth. He introduced her to methamphetamine. She's also bipolar, so that's just an explosive combination. But in the mix of it all is also the man's daughter. And now she's not living there anymore with them. I'm talking about Rose. But the daughter is there living with the dad who's on meth and his two buddies that are on meth. A little girl and three guys that are addicted to meth. And that, there's the dad inside of me just wants to go wreck shit to try to save this girl. But I don't even know what state they're in. And that's really messing with me. Anyway... You'll see here that I really tried to encourage her to do the right thing and make a phone call. I hope that she does. Uh, regardless, I hope that you enjoy my conversation with Rose and get something out of it. And always, please keep this in your heart. If there's a kid out there who's in trouble and needs your help, stand up, be brave, and do something about it. Here's my conversation with Rose. Hope you enjoy it. Hi, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. How are you? Excellent. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm not bad. I'm just having my lunch. Nice. Uh, those are good. I like those. Cliff Bar. You like them? Which flavor do you like? Um, anyone involving chocolate or peanut butter. I think there's one that has both, and that's probably the one that I've had the most. This one's peanut oh. butter, banana, oh, chocolate. Yeah. Oh, oh so man. Good. I don't think I've had that one. I should try it. So good. So good. Do you like banana bread? Um, yes, I do. Okay. Well, I like to make it. I haven't made it in a while. I need to. You need to make some banana bread. <laughs> um, wow, right? I know. <laughs> I appreciate you reaching out. I've never I've never been on a podcast. I've listened to podcasts since Apple 
since you can only get them from Apple. So like, yeah, kind of more like nervous and stuff. So, oh, uh, don't be nervous. It's just a conversation. You know, <laughs> I've talked to a lot of people on this show <laughs> over the yeah. last few months that we've been doing it. I've been listening to podcasts myself, maybe, I don't know, two years, mostly business stuff. Um, mm-hmm. A couple fun ones. Uh, what kind of, what, what podcast do you listen to? Well, a lot of murder ones. <laughs> like <laughs> um, the first one when I really, well, okay. Back then it was like Adam Carolla. I loved him and oh yeah, um, Ricky Gervais. And then recently more, um, yeah, the other stuff. Cause in your Dateline, you can just listen to Dateline now. So mm. um, sometimes that like when I would exercise, I need stuff to listen to. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's always fun when you're in the in the gym. Um, oh, yeah. I like. Uh, do you? Wa- I don't know if you watch the TV show American Greed. Do you watch that? Yes, I do. And they have a podcast, so I sometimes listen to that. But most of my other oh. stuff is like boring business stuff. Um, okay. Yeah. So, so anyway, my sister works as our producer. That's who you've mm-hmm. been talking to, my sister right. Amber. And she, we were going over your story this morning and she was sharing some stuff. And then you also kind of sent me some stuff and I'm going to be honest with you. We basically, listen, we, we work on different episodes and we'll pretty much like, it's so beautiful for us because Mm -hmm. it's a new show and that means we have so much ground to cover. And so every day we're just like, Oh, and what about this? And what about this? And what about this? Everyone's lives is a lot. Yeah. Oh dude. And I know, I don't think anybody's done what we're doing before. I don't think anybody's ever said, let's go out on the internet and find all these stories that are untold and let's tell them. And I don't think anybody's doing that. And you'd be amazed what you uncover. Anyway, my point is, we had this idea recently that, you know what, this is an issue. It was actually Amber's idea. She was like, Hey, what about this? You know, a stalker story. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, that's a good one. Right. I know. I'm just like yeah. inviting you into our thought process. I'm like, okay, that's cool. Yeah. That's totally cool. And I'm like, Hey, that's a good one. That's a good idea. And as we started looking through different Facebook groups and trying to find someone who was dealing with this, A, it wasn't hard to find. B, <laughs> of course. Well, yeah. But B, you've got two different things here. And I can already tell because I'm a good judge of character. I can already tell by your demeanor uh, that I think we found the right person to tell the story. You have some people who they have quite a few issues themselves. We all have issues, but they have issues themselves and they're not being stalked. Somebody texted them two times in a row and they're going, I'm being stalked, right? And it's unfortunate because what that does is it muddies the water for people who are dealing with really serious, dangerous, heavy issues. And I think you're mm-hmm. in the latter. I think you're one of the people who's dealing with a real issue. And, and as I was, go- I'm only telling you this because as I was going over your story today, I was trying mm-hmm. to first figure out which one is it, right? Because I don't want to talk mm-hmm. to somebody who's just like, you know, and this is what happened. You sent me an email mm-hmm. and in the email was, are we going to use this person's name? I would rather not um, because he's got a daughter. There's a lot of like really yucky details that can like affect his daughter, which I don't want to do. So unfortunately it adds a lot to the story, but I think I can work around it. We had names just doesn't matter. Right. So, okay. We changed Mm -hmm. the name, but anyway, so you sent an email, you forwarded an email to me today and Mm -hmm. just trying to give me some backstory and you go, Hey, so this is some of the stuff that he sent me. And at first glance, I didn't read all of it. I scrolled to the bottom as most people do. You scroll to the images because we're like kindergartner snow. We're like, Oh, (laughs) images. (laughs) like images. And I thought you were sending me those images of the criminal record 
And it was no. like driver's license thing, DUI thing, this and that. And I was like, okay. But I was like, okay, maybe she's a little off because why are you sending me his driving record and stuff like that? Like that doesn't mean anything. That's nothing. Mm-hmm. And then I took the time to read it and I realized <laughs> this is him sending you Yep. Somebody I assume you're talking to, a guy you're no. dating, or he thinks no, you no, are. No, 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 we'll no. We'll get into this it. But, thing. But, but, no. Okay. <laughs> we'll get to it. We'll get to it. I don't want to jump ahead. But anyway, he said, I'm sure it's even worse than that. I can tell by your reaction that that's <laughs> even that not it. But anyway, this is him. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Sending you, bless you. This is him sending you some other guy. God knows who this guy is. I can't wait to hear it. And his... <laughs> DUI and whatever and saying this is who you've chosen and blah 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 and I'm like okay and then I started reading his emails and he's like we sh- we should be together and all this cra- I'm like this is psycho babble crazy talk okay mm-hmm. this is a real deal situation and I'm like unless she wrote those emails herself which I didn't think so and now meeting you face to face I'm positive <laughs> you didn't this guy is batshit crazy so I'm going to let you tell your story and it, well, it also then I then I switched from being um, maybe not I don't want to say suspicious, but trying to figure out what was really going on. Then I switched from that to being concerned for you. Oh, <laughs> you know what I mean. Then yeah. I, I, I immediately toggled from is she telling a true story here to oh we need to protect this woman because that the, I, I just feel like a situation like that has the potential to devolve so quickly and get dangerous really fast. I don't know the yeah. the level, the temperature of this thing. And I'm sure you're going to tell me, but then mm-hmm. I just switched from like, let's hear this out and let's make sure that she's protected. So let's start the story, I guess, if you'd like, where do sure. you think is the best place to start it? Maybe when we met, because there's a time when we met when we were younger and a big portion of our lives, we weren't. And then we got back together like later or well, in the beginning, we were just friends. Okay, then, so, so 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 where do you live? Not the city, but just area, general area. Where do you live? Um, the southeast United States. Um, okay. where um, I know how you feel about weed. It's illegal here, but that's. I'm just gonna say it. I don't care. I smoke weed. Okay, but it's, there's a lot worse involved that I don't want to get into too much. But like I said, there's plenty more. <laughs> okay, so you you so you're from the south, right? Yeah, and uh, and you guys met when. Um, okay. So we worked at a pizza place. I was 16. He was 21. Um, okay. it was the first job I ever had. And, um, I loved it. I worked there for like three years, which is a lot when you're young. Um, sure, yeah. but anyway, a That's lot of us there. Were, I don't think I've ever held a job that long. <laughs> okay. Go I, ahead. Just, I don't know. I liked everybody. Well, we were all friends. Like for the most part, I made a lot of friends when I worked there and we all kind of hung out together or whatever. And so I knew him from that and I'd hung out with him one-on-one, but we were never like romantically involved. He was a lot older than me. I wasn't comfortable. I wasn't really attracted to him. And, you know, I just, we were friends and whatever. Um, so, you know, eventually we both got different jobs. Our lives went completely separate ways forever. Got it. And I didn't have contact. So so you guys hung out for a couple of years while you worked Uh together and then Mm -hmm. he goes his separate ways. Did you, did you guys move to different places? Did you live in the same city? You just stopped working together and just kind of like, yeah, exactly. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then, so life goes on for you, right? Mm -hmm. And at some point you guys reconnect. Yes. So I was in a very unhappy marriage and this is, I did, this is stupid of me. Like, I do not think this is good. I do not encourage this. It was basically like a giant kind of rebound thing from an unhappy marriage I was in and finding this friend who's like, Oh my gosh, this friend, he was, cause at the time, like he was a good friend. I mean, it was crazy times, you know, kind of, cause that's, you know, kind of 
we, I started having a job and things got crazy in my life just because you start to introduce into the adult world and all that. But mm-hmm. anyway, I'm um, back mm-hmm. to the current. Um, yeah, we met and just got together and, you know, I just pretty much immediately left my husband's house and moved over there and got a divorce and, and it, I didn't have any children. So mm-hmm. it, it was not very uh, difficult. Um, right. So, so you were married in. for how long? I was married. For, I was only married for three years, but I was with him for eleven. Um, oh, okay. So it was a long relationship. Yeah, it really was. Yeah. And what happened um, at the end where you guys fell apart, your husband and you? Well, man, that's another crazy story that you might want to have another episode about. <laughs> really? Give me <laughs> the, the, the synopsis. Years. Just the synopsis. And the reason right, why I'm asking um, the question is to try to understand your mental state at right. the end of that relationship. So what was going on? He had a lot of guns and. He'd never threatened me with them. He'd only threatened, like one time he got upset and was like, I'm going to go shoot myself, but that only himself. Mm-hmm. And I was never afraid he was going to use them on me, but like it, it got to where he was just collecting them. And I, it turned out he would like, I would end up buying them for him. And I kind of was realizing like, mm-hmm. what am I doing? And mm-hmm. he just, um, he just was a little getting crazier and crazier as time went on. It seemed like it had more and more guns and it just freaked right. me out and I couldn't stay anymore. Yeah. So it's weird how you kind of ended up enabling his habit, but even though it was making you more and more uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I could imagine living in a house with somebody with guns, even if they're only threatening to harm themselves. I mean, if you'll kill yourself, you'll kill me too, right? Like, exactly. I I'm not. Yeah, and I'm myself not too. As a person with mental issues, I do not need to have a gun in my house. Like, mm. uh-uh. Like, I mean, I don't care. You ban me from having them. I don't want them. Like, you know, anyway, that's a whole other thing as well. Well, no, no, no. And, and so I appreciate you reminding me of that. So, so let's, let's get into that a little bit too. I, I, Amber mentioned that and you're mentioning it again. What type of mental issues are are you dealing with? I have been diagnosed with bipolar disorder and um, have been pretty much struggling with health. Uh, two. Okay. Yeah. And I'm under medication for it. I take it. I use an app like my robo app, take your medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, I take it. I'd listen to my doctor. I do the best I can to stay functioning. Cause if I don't, I will, you know, what happens to people that don't, you know, take care of it. So, so for people listening, bipolar one is more manic, more highs and more aggressive. And then bipolar mm-hmm. two is more kind of depression and right. It goes back. It goes faster in bipolar two. Like I can be, when I'm in a, a, I mean, it can be both ways really, but in bipolar two, you can have like, I'll be, I'll go from laughing to crying within like a few minutes when I'm having a really bad, stressful episode. Mm. Like I'll be, I'll, I'll be crying so much. Then later on laughing with tears coming down my eyes after I just bawled my eyes out. Like does the medication help? Yes. I mean, um, I take Seroquel and, uh, this other one that um, I forgot the name of it, but it goes mm-hmm. with it. But yeah, um, and I we you know I make sure that how I'm feeling and I, the people around me that I trust, if they're telling me that I'm acting weird or if I ask them like I'm acting weird, like I consult with my doctor and stuff. And sometimes I even have like my sister so many times have had to come with me to doctors and stuff. So I have a lot of support. So that's, that's important. Good. That's good. That's good. It's great that you have a support system around you. I wonder, uh, just you kind of, I'm going off on a little bit of a tangent here, but I always just like to learn as much as I can. I sure. wonder in that situation, right? Because I don't have bipolar disorder, but sometimes I'm acting weird, right? Just because I'm a human and sometimes we act weird. And so I wonder when you're always, 
I don't want to say under the microscope, but always keeping an eye out for any kind of, you know, suspicious changes in your mood or habits or anything like that. Is it difficult at times to differentiate, like, I'm just having a weird day or I'm acting strange? Does that ever kind of get difficult to decipher? Yes. And so what happens is, um, I mean, every now and then, sometimes I'll know and sometimes what, if something bad happens, like if a major thing happens in your life, you can slide downward quickly. Mm. So you, it's kind of like a frog sitting in water that boils. Sometimes it's like that, you know, mm. things get every day, get worse and we start feeling worse and worse, worse. And then everything explodes and you end up in the hospital or mm. just having to have people come around. You'd be like, be okay, you know, mm. or something like that. So you kind of feel it mounting, you feel it building yeah. up and then there's yeah. a kind of explosion moment kind of. And major, major life events trigger these things. So mm. if anything happens, I have to be very, very extra careful about it. Okay. So then, so then I assume this was an issue for you having a divorce or how did that whole transition between, you know, leaving your husband and then going and being with this guy, uh, how, how were you emotionally, what was your emotional state at that time? It was very difficult. And, um, I think I ended up doing like an outpatient program. I didn't have to go oh. inpatient, but it was very, very difficult because just the whole divorce, it wasn't, like I said, there was no children involved, but his family was very wealthy and my lawyer was scared of them. And like, I mean, I didn't get super screwed or anything, but like, I just wanted to be away. I don't care mm. money. You can, I can make more money, whatever. Um, my safety is more important and my health and happiness and all that stuff. So yeah, it was really hard. And then going into a completely separate situation where, and he also has a child that I've never, I don't have any children. I've never had any. She was, um, seven when I okay. moved in. Uh-huh. And so that was a whole, like I basically walked into a whole separate, like where I was just married to one person and two. Now I'm a, like, a tiny family thing like wow. that I'm going into. Wow. So talk about major life changes. That was a lot of stuff happening all at once. It was. Yeah. How long did it take you to get back to what you felt was normal? Like a, just to, to being back to stable? Well, um, there was a lot going on too at that time, which is maybe going to go off on another tangent, but during that time, a lot of things are going on. He had also just gotten divorced. His mom had died of lung cancer in January. And then later that year, um, I'm scared to say dates cause I don't want to, I should not say dates, but later that year, the same year, like the same year, his mother died of cancer, his dad killed himself. And yeah, and that was so awful he was and there's a whole other story with his daughter and his wife but he was kind of there's a lot of men that hold like their parents are like you know she's nice stay married stay married for your kid whatever that's what happened to him and he was not happy he stayed together for them Hmm. instead of himself and so as soon as they were gone he was pretty much like no actually when his mom was his dad was still alive but anyway Mm -hmm. so he was going through all that in the same year at once and Mm -hmm. then the very next year is when i got with him got it so i kind of helped him through that and i've and it was like, I felt bad for my, I was like, he's my friend. You know, I remember being friends with him and, you know, the good times we had. And so I was like, oh, this guy's suffering. And also like his dad, like the dealing with the end of the, the estate and all that stuff, like the final tax stuff, like I do that. So I helped him with that. And uh, it was really hard. He had their, all their stuff. Um, he wouldn't let go of stuff. Hmm. It was a lot. He had to sell a house. Um, he did, he did very well on that. Um, despite all the stuff going on, but anyway, yeah. So that was all going on during the time that we were first getting together, like in the second part of our time together. 
do you feel like you guys helped each other cope with what you've Definitely. been through? Definitely. Yeah. Yes. At the time it was great. Cause we were both just like, we were so, we, we were in love with each other. Like, I mean, like sincerely, we loved each other very much and we went through different things, but we were able to talk about it. Um, he said in his last wife, he wasn't able to communicate with her well because hmm. she's from a foreign country. Um, and so he was just like, it's so nice to like have someone understand you like the idioms of, <laughs> of like, and you're, I'm sorry, Speaking I'm not trying English. to be racist. She's a very nice lady and sure. I like her and she's, she's everyone. I don't, you know, the world is a big world. Sure. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. I don't, sure, um, sure, sure. um, anyway, um, I kind of lost my train of thought. Just well, second. you were just saying that you guys helped each other cope. It was nice for him yes. to be able to communicate with you. And yes, I'm sure that was a tough time for you both. Yes, definitely. Okay. Did it feel like a rebound relationship in the sense of it was, it was, I mean, and I know that I just was like, I don't care what people say. It'll be fine. You know? Um, Cause you know, I'm sure, you know, there's a million people in the world or billions. I'm sure it's worked for some people. So I thought maybe I can make it work. When the heart is hurting, it's looking for the quickest fix it can get. I guess so. That really makes sense when I think about what happened. You're looking for the quickest fix you can get. I'll be honest. When my daughter's mom and I split up, um, I, I, I guess by definition, it would seem like a rebound, my next relationship, because it was right after, like almost overlapping. Yeah. Uh, but we've been together 11 years and we're happy. I think we just got lucky. <laughs> well, I'm happy for you. That's awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but uh, I don't think it always works out that way. But, you know, sometimes I think a rebound relationship can be good, even if it's temporary, if it helps you, because maybe you're c- coming off of a big relationship like you were, your 11-year relationship with your ex-husband, right? Yeah. We could have, we could have been great. Like if, if there are certain choices we both made that were bad and, you know, it could have been fine, but just things were happened that were kind of spiraled out of control over time that we were together. Got it. So the whole time we were together was like pretty much like four years. And there's also oh, well, later time. in the story. Yeah. So you guys got together in the beginning. It was great. And, mm-hmm. and, and what happens next? So there was a lot, I guess there's no way to, like drug abuse. You know, he introduced me to stuff. I'm not on it now, but just, he got me all into really the bad things like bad, you know what I mean? Like, um, so that no, was no, not no, good. no, 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 no. We're not doing that here. Elaborate. <laughs> not bad things. You need to tell me every detail. I okay, want to okay. know. Yeah. Right. What were you doing? Okay. So pretty much just, he is just a person who loves drugs. And so like he had just been recently introduced to methamphetamine. Mm-hmm. And so by the person he's talking about in the email, by the way. Mm. So that's part of the story. He knows that person. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, so, yeah. And I was just stupid. And I was like, when in Rome? And I don't know why. I was just thought like, oh, you know, it'll be fine. Like, I don't know. I mean, and really, I was able to keep a job and stuff, but I was like functioning that way. And that's very hard and not sustainable and just stupid and not anything, not anything anyone should do. And mm-hmm. so anyway, he'd been doing that before that. And when I first moved in though, he didn't tell me that it was after I'd been, we'd been settled a lot kind of, mm-hmm. and suddenly I go in his office and he's just like, and I'm like, and then it just went on from there. And so um, what was, was he smoking it or snorting it? He was smoking. Well, both. 
mm-hmm. like every way you could. Well, not never injecting, just okay. all the, those yeah, other ways. That's that's it's all heavy, but that's real heavy. So yeah. so you, so you start smoking meth with him. Yeah, and uh, it got out of hand. I was still able to keep my job somehow and did my job. Of course, I'm sure it affected the way people might think I'm crazy at work. But I mean, I don't know. We work. We both work. We work for the same very large corporation now. At the beginning, I worked for a different one, but I ended up working for his because, um, and then I'm happy working there. We work in completely separate areas. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah. Uh, um, and we're yeah. I mean, home. so how was meth being bipolar? It made me into mania, just constant mania. Um, and yet I think that seems like a I bad combination, up, right? It, it was, it was for me. And so it ended up like, I don't think I was taking medication by the end of it. Like I might've been taking some, definitely was taking some when I moved in, but it turned into meth, I guess. You just stopped taking your meds bad. and was just doing meth. Yeah. I probably, he probably, wow. Uh, yeah, it wasn't good. I, and I never thought I would ever do that, but mm-hmm. the situation I was in, I was like, I just don't know what I was thinking or I was thinking, was I thinking that he would not, that we would always just be separate, him doing that and me just like, I mean, so I thought it would be better to join him because it'd be more fun that way, which is just crazy and stupid. It's not, no, 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 it's not. Listen, listen, that's the way it happens for everybody. You know, that's the way it happens for everybody. You got to stop taking that so personally because A, Pretty much everybody who starts doing meth does things that they can't believe they did. And B, the number one thing that you got to do is stay away from people who do that stuff. Because when you first see it, as I'm sure it was for you, it's shocking. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, he's got a meth pipe and he's smoking meth. I can't believe it. And if you don't walk away in that moment, every time you see it, every time you're around it, they get a little bit more and more comfortable doing it in front of you. You get a little bit more used to seeing it. And before you know it, it becomes kind of normal. And then that turns into curiosity. And then you're like, hey, pass me that thing. Right. And that happened very quickly for me because I'm just that type of person, I guess. And right. and this is what I'm saying about it could have been better. He had the choice. He didn't, didn't reveal this to me at first. And I know he told me he thought about this. He mm-hmm. could have put it down right then, put it down right then. He didn't have to tell me. He didn't have to reveal it to me. And then I feel like we would have been fine. But no, you I mean, wouldn't have. No. Well, no, it because it was thing. inevitable. He was on drugs. I guess nobody so. is I mean, fine on meth honestly, and everybody around seems, them gets affected. You know, he seems hopelessly addicted because he thinks it treats his mental disorders. And I don't know. And look, anybody, any drug, if you drink, you want the people that you hang out with to drink with you. If you smoke weed, you want them to smoke weed with you. If you do meth, you want them to do meth with you, right? Like, yeah, he didn't mm-hmm. hide it from you. He probably knew it wasn't a great decision for you, but at the end of the day, he really wanted you to do it with him. Yeah. It's kind of um, the way it goes. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. He's and his other friends. Um, yeah. He has, I'm pretty sure his friends that didn't do it before that he introduced to. Mm. But, um, and he's always he's like, like a good guy. <laughs> the thing you never do, you never introduce anyone to meth or, yeah. you know, anything bad, super bad. God. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so how how far into this relationship or into living with him do you guys do you pick up the pipe with him? It was oh. a few months, a couple months. A couple, um, so just maybe two, three months. Yeah, not very long. Oh, it was quick. Yeah. Okay. Um. So yeah, that and that was just crazy. Um. Hmm. 
this is a part where I don't want him to get in trouble with his daughter, but I mean, she always, you know, we did the best we could um, in the situation. It was a lot of just like, make sure, you know, tell your teacher certain things or I don't know, like make sure she doesn't have like stuff in her bag that she shouldn't have. And it just made it really stressful, you know, closing like, you know, really neglecting her honestly with the door closed, you know, her just like here's play with whatever. And like, you know, and it's sad and Mm -hmm. it's, it was bad. And it's, I feel very terrible about it, but it's just what happened. It's over with though. I hope she's going to be okay. She's getting to her to where she can start making decisions about where she lives and her mom's situation isn't much better, but I mean, her brother makes really good grades. So I feel like it might be better for her to go with her mom, but that's, that's not anything that I have to do with anymore. I understand. Um, I can see that it's important for your own mental health to try to be organized about what to think about, what to care about and not, get too carried away with your emotions. But what, uh, if it's, if it's okay for me to ask, can you give me any more detail about how she was neglected? I mean, obviously I can imagine just closing the door, doing drugs and not paying her much attention, but what else do you think she went through during that time? I mean, haven't, I know it was uncomfortable, uncomfortable for her. It was uncomfortable for all of us for Mm -hmm. the big change, you know, like, um, Cause her mom had moved out and um, he was doing some things like you're not supposed to turn your child against the other one, but both of them were doing that to her. Right. Right. And it was really ugly to see. And I did my best to just be neutral and, you know, just try to raise her as best. I knew how to take care of a kid, you know? I mean, at, at one point I was like, um, <clears throat> sorry, this what the, this is the worst part of this whole situation is I'm so scared about how she's going to grow up. She's a good girl and I want her to be okay. And I just feel so bad if it was anything I did to hurt her. Is she endangered her? I'm not sure anymore because I haven't been over there in like um, at least two or three months. So I'm not sure. Was she when you left? Probably. Um, there's a lot going on in the house there that, um, I mean. You can make an anonymous call to CPS. I know. And I always promised him I'd never do that. Yeah, but he's screwed already. He's a meth head and he's stalking people and neglecting his daughter. He can deal with his own life and get himself back on his feet if he's able, ever able to. But she's she's helpless. She's innocent. I know. You may um, be the only person out here who can help her. Yeah. I'm not trying to make you feel bad, but I'm saying like, I you get know. It. I completely get it. I understand. Um, one of those two people is going to get hurt. I'd, I'd, you know. And, you know, when I did my best to... You know, once the ugliness went away with her mom, like we actually kind of from a distance kind of got along. We were very different people, but the best we could, we tried to connect in a way that would be positive for the nation, not be, you know, negative and against each other and stuff. And at one point we all had dinner for her birthday. 
which is actually near the end. But that, so I'm saying it, that part was getting better. I have to ask this. Was she ever sexually abused? No, 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 no. It's nothing like that. It's all just, you know, being physically exposed. abused at all. Did huh? he hit her? Did he hit her at all? No, 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 no. This okay. So this is just is, the environment you're saying. All of this is psychological, which like is bad psychological too, warfare, yeah. which, which can hurt you physically as even well. more. I've talked to a lot of people who have dealt with emotional abuse and many of them say sometimes they wish the person would just hit them because it would be, it would hurt less than the emotional abuse that they've been through. You can't underestimate that, especially when you're talking about a child, those early years are so important and you'll never forget them. We might live 80 years and we don't remember much from our forties or when we were 52, but we always remember our childhood for the rest of our lives. It's so important, you know? You got to think about that. You got to think about it. If she needs to get out of there and if you need to help her get out of there, you got to take that seriously. That's important. You'll regret it if you don't. Yeah. You'll regret it big time. You'll regret it big time. Even if you never find out what happened to her, you'll always look back at this time and say, I should have spoken up for her. Yeah, I will. I will take that in mind. You think about it. You think about it. For sure. You think about that. That's your call. But um Okay, so so you guys are together now, you're doing drugs, and how long does this does this go on? The drug when are you still using drugs now? Not that. No, just weed. Okay, Only but weed. not meth? No, okay. no, 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 no. When did that you quit? stopped with all that? When that did you quit doing with- meth? 2017 okay or 20 early 2018 2017 long time ago haven't picked it up at all since no 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 that's that is all before i before i got with him it was i I didn't even know how to do it right i've never seen it yeah i mean obviously i've been around other stuff like when i was in college a lot and stuff like that you know Mm -hmm. but not meth for some reason no which is good and i'm never i have no desire to pick that up again yeah, I I can imagine. Okay, so so what starts to happen in your guys' relationship? It was good at first. You guys were helping kind of console each other over your past relationships or your recent breakups. You guys start doing mm-hmm. drugs together. I would assume at that point it kind of just becomes a fog of drug use. Is that an is that a fair assumption? It was a struggle of like trying to look normal while actually inside the house things were crazy because don't put that in there. Yeah, I'm so you already sorry. said it before. I'm going to bleep it out. Did I really? Um, yeah. Anyway. Um, well, Don't worry about it. That's why we edit these things. <laughs> okay. So she, um, she's going to school, you know, we had to look, we had to, we, we went to all her like, you know, things. We mm-hmm. weren't like super, super. We weren't like the people that were like, ah, we're a burner with cigarettes. No, no, no. Nothing like that. We just, right. we, and so we had to look presentable. We had to like in the community, we lived in a small town. And so, you know, um, we had to look just be, he was, he'd said before, he was like, this has to look normal. Like mm. that's very stressful to hear when it's not. And <laughs> someone's forcing it, you know? Yeah. If you, but if you find yourself in a situation where you have to try to look normal, you probably are not normal. No. <laughs> and then, so what starts to happen at some point you guys start kind of, uh, it's, it starts falling apart or what? I mean, you were together for right. years. So, so well, what because of, with you guys? 
Well, because of the drug abuse, you start spending more and more time doing it. Things get neglected around the house. And I did my, he had a, he has kind of a big house to me. Mm-hmm. And like, I had started to have time, like keeping it up because I was spending time doing that. I mean, with him too, like, and he actually has two friends living with, well, at the time, one, his childhood friend mm-hmm. living with him, who would help pick up whatever, you know, he lived there. So, I mean, you know, um, but Dave, um, he doesn't, um, <laughs> don't worry. He doesn't. He doesn't do anything. He's like King David, and and his two Munichs are doing his bidding. Like um, that's the way it is right now. But um, but but they're. It's weird. They're friends, but it's a weird relationship. But um, so yeah, I he wanted me to be like this, like you know, woman's work, like you know, be. But it's so hard because I was working, so I had to do the whole like working mom thing for them, which I'm. I'm sorry, I don't mean to complain about, but like you need help. Like a person working full time cannot also do everything in the household. Like, and so I felt like it was like that. At least, I mean, at first he was helping. At first, and it just all slid into I did everything. Right. And and um, there's his name. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So. Uh, yeah. So, it, that's where it so the relationship just started turning into you taking on a lot of responsibility, working, parental, right? And yeah. and you weren't happy anymore. Neither one of us were. Neither one of you were. He wanted, I, I don't know what he wants even, but I was turning into, I guess, what he doesn't want. And he's always trying to mold people around him the way he wants them to be for his mm-hmm. own, like, just for his own comfort or whatever. I don't know. He's so he's got a nice. couple guys living with him. He had you around. So he brings all these people around. Everybody's high <laughs> yeah. on drugs. And this guy's kind of the ringleader. Um, Kind of. Yeah. Um, There's the childhood friend. And then the other friend he brought in, which I'm sure is, I'll say his name at some point accidentally, but he, um, uh, he was a really bad alcoholic. He was a mutual friend. He worked at the pizza, the different pizza place, but we were all friends, like cross pizza place friends. Mm-hmm. And so he was having, we found out he was a really bad alcoholic and he was living in a van on his dad's property or something like that. And we were just like, oh my God, we had this entire living room that we never used. No one ever went in there. It was not the living room. It was the dead room. No one ever went in there like every now and then (laughs) to do stuff. But so we were like, um, he was just like, yeah, um, sure. Move in here, but you can't drink, but I will give you meth and you could do all the meth you want. But, um, so he moved in and I mean, he also was, you know, he helps around the house. He's a nice person. Um, but unfortunately he's kind of, you know, everyone do you live your life, whatever, however you want. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, it, I'm sad for him because, but all of them, you know, when you get involved with that stuff anyway, it gets a hold of you. Sad. Yeah. It's sad. I would imagine if he is bringing all these guys, friends or not, around and having them live there and they're all mm-hmm. doing drugs together, that daughter is not in a safe spot. Yeah, it's not good. That's a recipe for disaster. If she's not being sexually abused yet, no. God forbid, but, but, but three meth head guys living in a house with a young girl is a bad, bad recipe. I mean, I guess when she gets older, it's going to be a problem. No, it's a problem. Um, no. I never witnessed. I never witnessed or suspected anything like that. Like sure. while I was there. But. I'm not saying you saw it, and I'm not even saying it happened. But I'm uh-huh. saying, based on my experience, it's inevitable. Okay. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Is I can't imagine 
a bunch of drug heads coming in and out of the house, living there, and that young girl being there and nothing happening to her. Okay. I, I, I respect, I understand your, your position. Okay. I don't mean, I don't mean to make you get defensive about it. I'm just concerned for her. Like you are, you know? Oh, me too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. To someone outside, someone, I guess to me, I was so, I'm so numb to it all that I don't realize how bad it really is. You know what I I think that's part of it. it. I think that's part of it. I think because it's still so recent for you. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Maybe a little bit of hindsight. You'll look back at it and say, Oh, that was really bad. Yeah. So, um, are you okay continuing on? Yeah. And there's another thing about hoarding I could get into too, if you'd like to once those moved in. Well, yeah, if, you know, let's, let's create the picture, but I feel like you and I both have like some ADD where if we don't stay on a storyline, <laughs> we're just going to be talking for hours about. Oh, well, we can get to the digital stalking. That's, that's what the first thing that, that brought all this on, um, I don't, if I could read some of this because I've got notes about the email. Well, tell me in um, general, in your own words, just tell me, tell me what starts to happen. So do you guys break up and then, and then this behavior starts or what causes you guys to eventually split up? Well, um, I just, it just was not working for me and I could not, he would never stop doing that stuff and I couldn't be around it. I just was like, I cannot do this again. I will die. I felt like if I stay with him, I would die young. Like living there honestly felt like I was dying faster than normal, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. So to make sure that I got this right, you quit doing meth in early 2018, but you still continued to Mm -hmm. live there? Yes. Um, There, well, I moved out. I did during 2018, I did move out. Um, I moved out early 2018 into my own house in the same town for a while. My parents helped me get it. And then I moved to California because, oh my God, you got, I have so many stories what? <laughs> about my half brother, about my brother. Anyway, main, just no, tell it. No, 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 tell it. So you moved to California and what? Because my brother from a lot, like my brother is much older than me and he moved away when I was very young okay. and he got back in touch with me. And I was like, I want to move out in California because he's there and I would never move there alone. But I was okay. like, he's there, you know, I could go check it out, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I ended up moving there for six months. I got very lonely and missed my family, Mm -hmm. but it was a good experience. Like, um, I think it's just something, it was very expensive, but I don't regret (laughs) it at all. I got to know my brother and it was really nice. And would you say that it was helpful for you to, while you were kind of getting clean off of meth, was it helpful to get away from the area too for a while? Absolutely. And my brother and I were so happy to like be able to talk to each other because I was I was small enough to remember him, but I was so small that we we weren't on any kind of like intellectual level. You know what I mean? Like so to be able to like talk to him as an adult and like share stories and I would just listen to him. He just come to my house, listen to him, bitch, or just whatever. Like I just would take just because I it was nice to be to know him. Right, right. How old is he or how much older than you is he? He's 15 years older than me. Oh, okay. Cool, cool. Yeah, my sister yeah. is uh, 16 years younger than me, so similar. Okay. Similar yeah. Thing. Yeah, yeah. He's like um, another dad a little bit. But, uh, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. I changed yeah. her diapers when she was a baby and took care of her for like the first year, so I definitely feel like <laughs> more like another dad than a big brother to her, so I get it. Mm-hmm. I get it. Yeah. Um, so then after six months, what? You said, this is boring. I miss my family, and, and you left? 
Yeah, I moved back. Okay, so this was I've been staying in touch with with Dave during this time, uh-huh. and he kept begging me to come back. And then I, after I started missing everybody, he was just like, "Okay, I'm going to send your friend out there to come get you mm. and come back." And that was a fun adventure, although it was it was very hectic, but um, well, hectic at the beginning. But basically, I was like, "Okay, I'll come back to moving back into his house in late 2018." Okay, what kind of adventure was it? <laughs> well, <laughs> when I moved to there initially, I had just shipped all my stuff to my brother and just got rid of big things because I was like, I'm not materialistic. I don't care about big furniture, cart, like big things of things you just look at. I don't I don't need all that. So I just yeah. mailed my stuff to my brother, got there. I didn't need my car. I sold my car because I needed money to afford to do it. Yeah. And so um I just flew out there and stayed there. But on the way back, he sent my best friend from like when we were in high school, um, middle school, even we packed all my stuff up into a, a 10 foot box truck. And mm-hmm. I, while I was out there, I had bought a, uh, Ford Ranger truck, um, XLT. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I, I had to haul it on the back to bring it back. Cause I was just like, I need a car. I don't want to sell it. She's like, you should sell it. I don't want to haul that thing. She's mm-hmm. like, it's, she kept saying it's the size of a truck, like a giant semi. But, um, so that was the adventure all putting up all my possessions, traveling for, across the country with all my possessions with my best friend and my cat next wow. to me. Wow. <laughs> that was actually some part stressful, but mostly fun. Good times. Um, actually yeah. it was, it turned into be like, I'm, I, that was, a good time in my life. I'm doing that. We went, I have a map of, since I use Expedia to get our hotels, I have a whole, I know everywhere we went, I've mapped it for my aunt once. Um, but that was the adventure back to hell, I guess. Yeah. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Fun road trip to hell. Um, (laughs) so, okay. So you get back here and you get back with, uh, with your friend there and, Mm -hmm. uh, how's that? How's that when you guys reconnect? I got really depressed because I just was like, oh, I'm just back here. My, I failed going to California. It felt like a failure. Mm. But I look back and it was like, it's fine. Like nothing lasts forever. Like some things are short and it was the right time to leave for my, not just him, my family, like that live out here. Do you feel like he in some way talked you into coming back? For sure. For sure. But it wasn't I'm, all your I'm, own doing. He kind of convinced you. It was, it turned into a comeback now or comeback never thing. So it turned into this big, like fire drill kind of, mm-hmm. and that wasn't fun, but. And you bought I'm into excited. it. Yeah. Got it. Got it. And then you came back and you were feeling probably a little bit defeated for not making it in California. Maybe were you a little disappointed that you let him talk you into coming back? That too, for sure. Yeah. Um, maybe a little bit. I mean, I'm just saying like, I really did want to come back. It was the multiple mm, things, but, um, but I probably did. Yeah. But just depressed mostly, um, mm. about just being back and I'm like, Oh, I'm just back here again. Yeah. It's <laughs> funny too, because I don't know exactly where you are in the South, but most people try to get out of the South and it's really hard, especially to get to California because it's so expensive and it's like, you made it out here and then <sighs> went back to the South. Yeah, it is so expensive out there. It but, is very um, expensive. Yeah. Okay, so then you come back and and what happens next? So what happens next? You guys are together again? He's yeah, we're still together. He's just doing that and I just was like that was when I was really like I'm not doing that again because I wouldn't be able to work. Like mm-hmm. I I'm never going to not be able to support myself in my life, I don't think, because it's just personally I just feel 
not everyone can do it. And I'm not bashing anyone that can't, but mm-hmm. um, if you can, if you can, I just, so I, I wanted to be able to keep working and not be able to like, you know, meth is bad. <laughs> so right. I just, you know, um, worked and it went on for a while and it just, we just didn't have the same thing we had before. Right. Um, so, and he was complaining a lot about, you know, the things you do on, on meth that you're not willing to do as your, as a normal person, like in the bedroom, whatever, that stuff like that, you know, like mm-hmm. he got really upset about that stuff. Mm. Um, you know, uh, I actually didn't know just, that, but I do now. So that's a thing I can imagine though. So or, when you're on drugs, you're willing to pretty much do anything. And now that you're sober, you're like, I'm not doing all that. Yeah. Like there's a very large expansion when you're on something that just, you just drop all your, you know, you'll just do crazy stuff. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, okay. So that started to create some friction because your sex yeah. life was different. Yeah. That, and, um, I mean, things were kind of going well with her daughter. Like she joined the band and I was in band in school. So I was like encouraging her because it's good to be cool. in a program. So she could have something to do. I'm scared if she quits, but um, I wanted her to get involved with some, like, something that would help her take away from that stuff. Like so she can have, you know, sometime something. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway, that went on. Um, it just, you know, him doing his drugs, his office and me, doing whatever reading watching tv in another room and got having a fight every time he asked to have sex and you know it just wasn't fun it was awful and so mm. so finally um i was actually he kind of hates my friend for this but she kind of made me realize and i knew this like you don't have to stay here you can afford to live in your own you've i've been able to afford to live on my own for most of my life i just am stubborn and just stay with people because i don't know things happen mm. Hmm. but um anyway so i finally was like okay and i got an apartment behind his back because i knew he would talk me out of it and then he got super this is what really was like one of the big ending things was you didn't talk to me about this you didn't you just got an apartment we're going mm-hmm. apart like what are you doing like and mm-hmm. i explained to him the hoarding the drug things and like just the environment i was just like i don't i just want my own place i want my own place he's like you got your office and i did have a whole room that was my office but still i mean it just wasn't the same. It's a, it's still in this house, and I know you tried to touch on it earlier, but so that they, it's a hoarder house too. Okay, yeah. So when Doug came, he introduced Dave to like these um these uh, liquidation places where Amazon returns and Walmart returns and various retail stores returns. They go in these big yucky bins. They're all set up, and you can just come in there. And different days have different prices for what you pull out of there. Mm-hmm. So they would go to those things, and it was very inexpensive. And, you know, anybody could hoard their house with that stuff. And he would bring home so much stuff, just stupid stuff. Stuff he didn't even know what it was because he thought it was fun to open it at home and see what it was. But so he ended up with like all this crap, like so much stuff. And, okay, the friend, the longtime friend hated it. He hated it because he was the one that had to organize all that stuff. While the other two just accumulated and accumulated. And that living room, okay, that living room looked like the living room before he moved in there. When I left... It was just, you look in there and it's just, you're covered with stuff everywhere you look. Just like a, like a, like a Star Trek, like, you know, inside of a cockpit or something. Like it was crazy looking. Was he trying to sell this stuff or no plan to sell it? Well, 
that's what they said sometimes. Yeah. Like, and they would find things like they would find stamps and like, oh, the stamps, like, which is you know, stamps are expensive and that's a good find. But when you're bringing home all that other stuff, he never considered the cost of managing all the things that he brought home. And the one and thing the they sell justifies the twenty things they don't sell. Remember, I sold yeah. that thing, and then they <laughs> yeah. It was like, and he did like sell a few things with the, that made a lot, but it turned into like him falling in love with the liquidation stuff. Right. Kind of. Right. Right. And so you didn't want to be there. And, uh, and the whole thing just seems like it was starting to get kind of weird for you. And so you wanted to yeah. get there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I got my own apartment and my friend, um, the same friend that came from Cal to California to get me, <laughs> to go get me, uh-huh. um, moved in with me. Um, I asked her to, I mean, it's my apartment, but I was like, you want to like help me furnish this and you can move in with me or whatever. Sure, her dad sure. has a lot of, um, he goes to auctions and has a lot of furniture and stuff. So she helped me furnish it. And so at the beginning, I tried to stay boyfriend and girlfriend with him just remotely. Like, you know, say two people live apart, not all boyfriend and girlfriend live together, but to him, they have to, or it doesn't work or whatever. Mm-hmm. Cause I guess he's like, what are you doing in that apartment? You know, like, you know, mm-hmm. being all suspicious and stuff. Uh-huh. Um, so I would go back and forth. Like I would go over there and stay for a while and then come back here when he made me mad basically, or just like for a while. And so it eventually it got more and more that I was staying here. And then now it's just like, I'm gone from there. So it was a little transition. You kind of got more and more distant and then boom, mm-hmm. cut it. And yeah. that would you have rather just cut it clean, but he kind of wouldn't let you or what? How do you well, feel? Well, the thing was, was I really was in love with him. And so it was hard to let go. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I just, and we were good friends before without having to be sexually involved. And I just thought he could still be that way, but apparently right. not, I guess. So, cause I think that's usually hard. I think more often than not, even if you started as friends, once you once you have a relationship, it's hard to go back to being friends. At least one yeah. of the two people is usually going to have a hard time with that. Mm-hmm. Um. So, so then, at what? At w- when was it that you feel like you kind of really drew the line in the sand and said, "Hey, we're not together anymore"? Was it was that a moment, or did it just kind of trickle <sighs> okay. away and then? This was this was a big deal because it's a lot. It takes a lot to make me just okay i was gonna do a favor for him like get some weed or whatever i would have to drive forever and it was submission and i didn't want to do it and it was it was i was doing him a favor i didn't owe him anything and he got mad that i didn't do it when i and so he just held that grudge for a little while and i would talk to him and try to like be friendly or whatever whatever then the last thing, and I started to, I was making plans for moving out of this apartment because I still didn't plan on moving in with him. And I still kind of wanted to still trying to be friends, whatever. Um, I've started, this is some minimalism and tiny houses where I've gotten into those, you know, I've, before, before I knew him, I actually just been interested in him. Mm-hmm. Didn't know if I'd ever be able to do it. If my life ever lined up in that way, I was, I would like to. So, um, that's, I started making a plan for that to, for my next step out of this apartment. And I was telling him about it. You were going to go live in a tiny house. Yeah. Well, I'm still where I'm having one built. Oh, you um, are having one built. Wow. I'm having one built. And so I was telling him about it and he always thought it was stupid. And it was like, Oh, you just need to move in. And he's like, no, you can't pick a tiny home in my apartment, my backyard, blah, blah, blah. Cause we joke about it. I joke yeah. about it with him. Um, yeah, honestly, if he let me do that, I might've stayed. No, not really. But anyway, <laughs> 
Um, so, okay. So I had, this is, this is a big deal to me because I've never owned a home. I had the the house I had with my ex-husband was like his family's home. It wasn't really mine. I helped to remodel it, which was great, but it wasn't mine. I left it. And like, so this is going to be me having a house for the first time in my life, my very own house. Right. And, and tell them about it and tell them, unfortunately in the, in most places, tiny house stuff is just, people don't understand it. It's the laws are all, you have to have a house this big. Like, so I have to put it in a mobile home community. Okay. And so I told him all these plans. And once I told him that he was like, well, good luck. You're going to need it. And I was just like, that is fucking it. Like you like just no more. Like I cannot listen to someone. My ex-husband did that shit. He would do it sometimes not as bad as my ex-husband, but I am not going to listen to someone. You can diplomatically say that I, I wouldn't, that's I'm happy for you, but I disagree with that lifestyle, whatever the fuck there's, you don't have to like be mean about it. You don't have to be like, you're doing something stupid, like, and not even trying to be helpful about your critical comments. Right. He says, I don't, I can't take criticism, but he, this is how he puts things. Who can take criticism like that? Like, I mean, every different people are different. Some people are more cool headed. I can just get very angry. And, um, I mean, I'm usually pretty level headed most of the time, but I can be driven to be really angry, which is, you know, part of, like I said, I probably said in that post, I'm not perfect. So, you know, some of the stuff that happened between us, um, some of it is my fault. I mean, I don't, I'm not saying like, he's just the big bad guy that did everything wrong to, it was to both of us for all that madness to happen. Hmm. So, so that comment really got under your skin. Yeah, that was it. And so after that, I blocked him on the phone, unfriended him, all his family on Facebook, anyone who I only had ties between me and him deleted, blocked everything. And I knew what I would miss because once I had everything blocked, the next thing I would be like, Oh, I didn't block them on this one block. And then it got to where we're getting more into the super current. This is all this year. He started getting new numbers. Okay. And he's very technologically intelligent. He's a very smart man. I mean, like we, we both, that was one of the things we all, we were younger. We were like all into computers, all that stuff, whatever. Uh So I don't know how he's doing it, but he's getting all these phone numbers and Mm. he was, I mean, and I could have had a stack like this big if I had printed them all out, but they were upsetting and he kept sending them from these weird numbers. Like, and I, they were so upsetting. And at first I would respond, like, it was just the whole relationship, like the 2018, we were separated. We would go into these long text battles. And actually one of the times I broke my phone because I got so angry. I threw my phone down and it was just a psychological thing. Like if this is broken, I don't have to hear from him anymore. And so I just threw it down as hard as I could. Right. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Things upset you sometimes, huh? Yes. (laughs) So that's what I'm saying. Can you imagine this? You don't know him, but I don't know. No, no, I don't know him, but like I can understand the comment he made getting under your skin and upsetting you. I think if I told you that, hey, good luck, you probably wouldn't care, but you cared about his opinion. It's not the tone. It's your tone. It It was not anything... I can tell just knowing him, coming from him, it was not any, it was a smart ass, just like, you are an idiot and I'd love to see you fail or something like that. That's the way it felt. Sure, sure. Yeah. I think you, I think you cared about his opinion enough to, enough for that to matter to you. 
a little bit, but at the, I'm at the point where I just don't want to see him ever again. I just want him to disappear. Like I'm, I would never wish death on anybody, but I just don't want to hear from, I just, I want to get away from him. It was, that was the straw that broke the camel's back was all it was because. Right. You know, it wasn't that comment alone. I'm sure. No, definitely not. So, so you start blocking him from every phone number, every account, everywhere that you mm-hmm. possibly can. And yeah. uh, so at some point, is he unable to re- reach you through phone and email and social media? He found ways. Like it was always, it was mostly the um, phone numbers, like, like just so many phone numbers. I don't know how he got them. He would get them so that he could send me messages. Like this is just one. And I'm so I'm sure like this out of all this whole list, some of these are just like spam or whatever, but yeah, I lost count. Like of how many different phone those. numbers. Yeah. So he was I think there's a thing. I don't know. I like there's a there's a guy I watch on YouTube who does like prank calls on people. Uh huh. He's just funny, and he's got some sort of little device that can just he can he can pick a phone number. He can call you from your own phone number. Like he can he can put in any phone number he wants, and so that might be what's going on. Is he's got some little device where he's able to. It might even be an online thing, but he's got some I... way of being able to generate phone numbers. Now that you're saying that, I'm almost positive he got it from those liquidation places or something like that. He might have got it from a liquidation so, place, some weird yeah. phone number changer thing. And he's, mm-hmm. just, you know, but whatever it is, obviously he's figured it out. So, so do you ever answer those calls because you don't At know it's him I, or? Well, okay. Yeah. Because, um, well, when I'm expecting a delivery or something, sometimes sure. they call and be like, oh, they don't have this or I'm on the way or delay, whatever. So I would end up answering, not knowing who it was. And, a few times, yes, and I, as soon as I knew it was him, I just hang up. Like, what would he know, say? Hey, Jennifer. I mean, that was just. The, I never got to the. I hung up before he. As soon could as you anything. heard his voice, you were done. Yes. Yes. Okay. So whenever, it, so it, go, go. I'm sorry. It go makes ahead. my heart beat faster now when he contacts me. I have tachycardia and palpitations. I take medicine for two times a day, and when. When he came over, I don't know if I'm uh, if I want to skip ahead. I I can wait till we get to it. And cr- if you want to go chronologically, but um, that's part of it. Well, so tell me tell me what you want to say, and then I'll get back to it. Because I was just going to ask you basically whenever whenever he does whenever he does get a hold of you, or when he started getting a hold of you, what is it that he's trying to say to you? At some point, he must have gotten through to you, and what does he say? He just tries to he tries to like say things to get me back, get me to come back. Sometimes it's just mean things because he's mad about like. Hmm. Um, like snap out of it, like because he likes to get people under his like mental control. He's like basically snap out of it, get back under my control, and um, yeah, I'm a, I know I'm a good supply. You really don't want to lose me. Um, that's one of them. Um, I request you unblock me so we can speak. Um, getting more and more tired of your games. <laughs> wow. Um, when was that? Let me. Huh? How how long ago was that one? This was all on Sunday. This is this all week, of these were on Sunday, weekend, two days ago. Yeah, I, I see. That's what I'm saying. These upset me, and so I just delete them before I read them. And with my my note, like, like you know, you don't and delete see and block it, yeah. the number. I don't want to see it. It's upsetting to me. I get it. No, this I was, would probably do the same is, thing. This is his beatings. This psychological warfare is how he controls and hurts people. It's and people don't understand this. I went to the courthouse and I was wearing this mask thing and it was a weird colors because I made it out of t-shirt and it's crap. And the lady thought I had a bruise. And as soon as I told her I didn't have a bruise, she was like, well, why are you filing this? And I was like, read, read it. Like people don't understand sometimes. 
Sorry, I'm getting upset again. That's okay. Um, oh, and this um, gets, I'll just go ahead and get to it. This part. No, like, no, no, you don't have to, to my... rush. You don't have to rush. Okay. You have okay, your, okay. Take your time. Read me a couple more. I'd like to get a better oh. idea. I think it's important for us to all understand what, what his tone is. Okay. I request that you unblock me so we can speak. I'm getting more and more tired of your games. Let's have an adult conversation. We're both adults. I promise you, I promise you can handle it. I will go away a lot quicker once we have a moment to speak. Pay me white for a few minutes, chief. Okay, thanks. Hmm. Let me help you break out of this love bomb devalue discard cycle that you run on. It's no fucking way to live. Let's go get to your core wounds fixed so you can be a truly happy person. This me, never me, selfish, no empathy shit is going to leave you bitter and alone when you're old. Your inner critic can be silenced if you will just accept my help. For God's sakes, Jennifer, let me help you. You're currently, your current false self is and cold fury is destroying you from the inside out. Come with me and let's get you to the right mental health so you can live a great life without this nonsense. Please hear me. I know you think you're so smart, but if you truly want to get better, this is a what? I don't know. This hmm. is a, I don't know what else he was that kind of cut off. Hmm. Um, is yeah, that also that, from this past weekend? All of these are from the same day. Like, okay. there's so much more that I deleted. Unfortunate. I mean, for and these, records, and these are emails. So, these are these are text messages that I printed text out. Text messages. Okay. Okay. The email. I guess we could. There's a lot more emails too. But again, I would delete these because I want to forget all this. I don't want it around me. Like, I delete I it. I understand. Yeah. And and if there's anything that's too difficult for you to read, please don't do it on my account. I'm just trying to get an understanding oh. of the story. Okay, yeah, I thought I would get upset, but this is so stupid that um, it's fine. Sometimes um, it's funny. I do these episodes with people and things that they're upset about. Once they get a chance to talk about it with me or even when they listen back to their episode, they realize it, it puts it in a different light. It puts it in perspective a little bit, you know? Yeah, and it's scary reading these alone because I'm just with myself. I don't have someone to be like, Jennifer, that's bullshit, you know? It's all right. and it goes straight to me and then only my perception and interpretation of it. And imagination. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is the email he sent when he thought I was with the person who introduced him to meth, mm-hmm. which this person I blocked in 2018. Cause he contacted me as soon as I broke up with Dave. Cause he was like, Hey baby, want to get with me? And I talked to him for a second, not trying to like do that. But then I was like, um, block him. Right. So I haven't talked to this person since 2018. Right. All right. I like all the lies you've been telling me about your smear campaign as well. I don't, I haven't been talking maybe about, personal friends, whatever, not, I don't go on the only social media was that private group. I would not say this on my regular friends, Facebook. I don't air out as much as I can help it. Dirty drama bullshit on Facebook. All right. Um, so there's no smear campaign. Maybe I should start telling everyone that you're, um, this is in bold malignant conflict, avoidant borderline psychopathic narcissist. That's what he thinks I am. Hmm. You always said you were defective. That's quite a diagnosis. I know it, right? He's, um, it says, you, you always said you were defective. And of course, because no one's perfect, you were right. That would be an accurate description. That makes you the very best narcissist out there. And I think we can get you fixed if you'll just participate. Doesn't that sound scary? Like, we'll get you fixed. Like, the way he wants me to be fixed. Yeah. Um, anyway, it seems to me, no, 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 it's, it's, I'm trying to, I'm trying to unravel this in my own brain. And it seems mm-hmm. to me 
that uh, he knows how to push your buttons. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Psychological warfare. He will learn how who you are. He's learned how you, you. think. How, huh? He's learned you. Yeah. Just like you yes. said. Yeah. Yes. Once he 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 the people he wants to know he'll try to learn well and then so that he can the best manipulate them. Yeah, he knows yeah. he knows those little comments like "good luck with the little house" and all these things. He knows exactly how to get under your skin, and mm-hmm. unfortunately, for whatever reason, you're not able to put up enough defense to keep him out. And so for you, the easiest solution is to just try to avoid him. Don't read the emails because you know if you read it, he's going to get you. He's going to get through to you. Yes. It's, yeah. And I just, I don't know. Maybe the stick in the, your head in the sand approach isn't good, but currently just having to put up with all the text fights in the past recent, just, I couldn't do it anymore. Right. Right. Hard. So how often does he contact you? I know this is a million emails or text messages and stuff he sent you on this past Sunday. How often mm-hmm. does that happen? Is this a daily thing or is it he just no, kind of get a no. wild hair and all of a sudden you'll get a bomb of messages or how does this happen? Okay, so it's not daily, but it is usually like two or three times a week. It's like he'll just be, uh, he's might have gone a week, a whole week before, but um, it's it's just random. It's consistent. And then one, one day, I'm sorry. I said that's pretty consistent though. Yeah, it is. And then one day he sent me cookies and roses. And I was just like, I threw the cookies in the dumpster and I left the roses by the dumpster for someone who wants some pretty roses and took the card and threw it away. Cause I just can't, it's unwanted. I don't want that. I don't want to think about him. You know, does he do anything else besides sending text messages and, uh, and emails and shipping the cookies and stuff? What else has he done to try to get to you? Okay, now it's just, it became, it turned into showing up here, which before he'd done a little bit, but he just would show up and knock on the door. No, I'm inside. No, I don't want to see him. Keep knocking on the door and sometimes not even leave, but sit in his car for a while and then come back and knock on my door again, Hmm. expecting a different response or something. I don't know. I usually close all the blinds and the stuff and just stay in here silent and just Mm -hmm. not respond, not say, I don't want to. See, I'm trying not to respond because I'm afraid that will make it worse. I will get mad or just something bad will happen if I try to respond to this. Mm-hmm. So I just ignored him when he came over and knocked on the door. And one day the neighbors came downstairs and he was just like, I was like, yeah, you just look like an idiot in front of my neighbors. Um, that's fine. <laughs> that's, um, that's difficult. So so that in that video that you sent uh, uh-huh. to Amber and I today yeah. – um, or you sent it to me today, at least. Um, that's that's him coming by your that was, house. That was on Sunday with all these other messages. That oh, happened. okay. So, okay, Sunday was so the he had big, a big grand day for finale. you on Sunday. Sunday was the grand finale. Okay. Um. All right. So I'm in bed, like sleeping. Which was Mother's I usually day. get up around, huh? Which was Mother's Day that day. It was Mother's Day, and I, um, you know, I forgot about Mother's Day because my mom is Jehovah's Witness, and so got it. I mean, I'm not. I don't hate her for it. I'm just saying. I'll celebrate. I yeah. Just, I don't even think about it. Yeah. I wish other mothers, mother, happy mother's day, of course, whatever. Um, sure. cause I'm not one, but anyway, so he knocked on my door at seven fifty AM. And I know that because I wear a Fitbit all the time and he knocked on the door, stood to the side of the peephole. So I couldn't see who it was. And I was just, I don't know. I just woken up. So I was like, who is it? And he's like, it's Dave. Or I was just like, or says me or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. 
I was then immediately even 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 thinking about it now, my heart rate goes up. So I just was like, forget it. I'm gonna forget about this. Went back to bed, laid down. While I was laying down, my heart rate went up to 144 beats a minute. I have like a printout of that for like my records or whatever. Because that's the thing I'm talking about physically hurting someone. The thing I told you about I'm taking medicine for tachycardia palpitations. Fear, like putting fear into someone, um, attacking them just with words is physically harmful. What like, is the what is this heart issue heart. that you have? I, it's tachycardia. It's when your heart beats fast when you're under stress and just and just all the time, like just a fast heart rate, like okay, a faster resting heart rate than normal. It Got runs it. in my family. Got um, it. Got it. But it does not help when someone is doing things that make your heart do that. Sure. And so that's what I get also really upset about. When I was doing the stuff, that there was one day Ross, I, I really felt like I was going to have a heart attack. Really. And I'm lucky I didn't because I was, and I was so scared. And when you're scared, it makes your heart beat faster and just a cycle. Right. Right. Yeah. It's like almost a self-fulfilling prophecy kind of thing. Yeah. So he came by in the morning and, and, and then did he leave? No, No. he, he finally, well, he, he, for momentarily. And I just was like, not again. Then he sent me two text messages and then he tried to call me twice. And then, um, and I think the second time I might have answered, I don't remember. See, I just woken up in the morning. I was groggy. So he either left and came back or sat around until 11 a.m. Then he comes back and knocks on the door twice, like, like knocks on the door, goes back to his car during the 11 o'clock hour. And then that one at about 11.59 noon, whatever, that's when the video happened because I was like, is he still fucking here? I was just by, got fed up. I was like, I'm going to get his ass on video because the second, the last time he came to knock, I couldn't get my phone video to work. And I was like, no, no, no. I had to reset my phone. So after I did that, I went outside to look and see if he was still here very mm. carefully mm. and had my phone this time. Mm-hmm. And so I found he was still here sitting in his car creeping. And I was like, there he is. And you saw it. Yeah. Um, and so... You know, what was he trying to he say to you? Ha- he got out he of his just, car and he was coming towards you and he was, what was he, he said saying? He said my name. He just said my name and then was like, you know, wants to talk to me, you know, like he thinks he's going to be able to talk to me after I've done all this avoiding of him. Starts to come towards me and I'm not that he can actually outrun me, but the fear of just, he didn't this run at you. Yeah. That won't no, He can't, um, it won't stop coming at me. This is one of the scariest fear runs. Like, so uh, yeah. He looks he like a big, is he a big guy. Is he a big guy? Yeah, he's like 400 pounds. Like, yeah, he um, looked like a big guy. He is. So I ran as fast as I could back to my apartment, locked the door, and he saw me filming him, and then he knows what that means, and so he left. And then later on, my friends, and I was just like, I don't want to bother police. This is stupid. This is such bullshit. There are probably girls getting beaten right now, you know? Like, this is stupid. But my friend was like, call him. And so I called the non-emergency number, and I told him the story. I ended up breaking down by the end because I was so flipped out by that point. And then he was like, okay, I'm going to send an officer over to do a police report because where I live, the text messages are illegal. Like unwanted electronic communications, illegal. It's, stalk- mm. it's harassment, stalking, whatever. Mm. So even though it came from him to here, cause this is where it happened. I received it here. So it's illegal. And I could have had him arrested that day. Do you have a restraining order on him? <sighs> So that day in the courthouse, I never got it done. I have a lawyer friend that I think I'm going to get to help me because I couldn't do it myself. I just. Why? I don't know. I felt like that I didn't. I just felt like I'm wasting their time. This is stupid. Even though people have told me I need to. 
And else is, I mean, the paperwork is no excuse. I'm a freaking CPA. I can fill out paperwork. I just, I don't know why I couldn't do it. I just thought, well, the police report, he won't, he won't come back because he, he's already, the, when the police call him, that usually makes him stop what he's doing. And that's why I was also like, just, I have to get out of here. It's, it's surprising to me though, with all this evidence that you have that you can't, get a restraining order. I mean, I, mean, I know laws are different everywhere. I'm from California and honestly, I'm not that familiar with the laws around restraining orders even here, but it seems yeah. odd to me. It was just because um, I was trying to do it myself without a lawyer. And then just the way this is probably all in my head, but just the way they were asking the question through the lady realized my, my, what she thought was a bruise was just coloring on my mask. Mm-hmm. She was like, "Why are you filing this?" You know, that just made me feel like I don't know. This is a coincidence, but I was all in my head that day, and um. So you lost your confidence in it when you got there, and you just kind of backed down a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think that's fixable, though. It's not over. Yeah, I know a lawyer. I have a friend who's a lawyer, which I should have just contacted her first. But again, I just hate bothering people with this bullshit because it's just it shouldn't be happening. Do you feel honestly that your life is in danger at all? I mean, yeah. Well, do you feel like you're in danger in any way? I mean, do you feel like there's a, if he was able to catch you outside and you didn't want to have a conversation with him and you were in physical reach of him, do you think he would harm you or no? No, maybe no, not harm me. I don't think Um, the thing was, he does have a gun. His dad the gun his dad used to kill himself. He wouldn't get rid of it. So mm-hmm. the thing, he has that weapon, but he hates guns. But the thing is he has it. And he's, if he's this out of his mind, like, what is he going to do? Just like my ex-husband, like, what are they going to do when they're really out of their mind? You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. and I don't know if he even knows where it is in Hoarder's ass house, but I mean, I don't, uh, I don't think he, like I said, he uses psychological warfare. He does not hurt, physically hurt. Mm. He mentally hurts. You just can't get them away from you. Pretty much, yeah. Huh. Hmm. So that was the grand finale on Sunday. Um, and then all those text messages. And then when the policeman came over, he said, keep this for five years. Here's a police report. I got a police report number. And then and I should get in touch with my lawyer friend and just do this and get her to help me so that I can get it done and not flip out quit yeah. doing it. Yeah, I mean, I think that's one major step for you. I think if you can get a restraining order that includes like, you know, contacting you by text message, email, anything, right? Mm-hmm. Then it's very easy. Then the ball's really in your court. Then the first time he tries to contact you from any phone number, you call the police, boom. And it's not going to take long before he's going to jail for that. And then he's either going to go to jail for a long time because he keeps doing it or he's going to stop. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully those are the two outcomes. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's what also when I was in the courthouse, I was like, he'll stop, he'll stop, because the police called him. He said the policeman was put a, the fear of God in him, and he's done stupid stuff that had, he'll get in trouble just to the point where the law's like, stop it, and then he'll finally stop. Like, mm-hmm. right before he gets in trouble, he stops. He sounds and like a pretty so good manipulator. Yeah. He knows, that, um, he, know, he, know, he's, he knows the sensitivity of situations very well. Yeah, he does. Um, yeah, so 
Oh, I lost my train of thought again. <laughs> well, this is like a intense conversations. I mean, I've had this before with my friends, but it's another, it's, I'm having it all again. Could you imagine yourself ever in your wildest dreams being back together with him? No, just no. Like it's, it's he's, it's soured. It's nothing. Be all the stuff. This, I, this is not a normal person. And if he's not going to get help for himself and start to try to be better, be better than this, I want nothing to do with him. But that is an it, if. What? I said, but that is an if, right? No, 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 no. Like what? I mean, well, what if he got what clean? Is, what I'm saying is, I hope, I hope he gets better, but I don't think that I just, I can't get sucked back into that. Like even just without the drug stuff, I don't think it would be good anyway. Like you said, mm, mm. being how it happened. And I mean, just, I hate to be one to give up on stuff. And they say that, Oh, people only get divorced cause they won't work on stuff. But I guess they, some things aren't worth working on after a while. Yeah. Sometimes it's totaled. Yeah. And that's, that's the way I feel right now. Sometimes it's totaled. And the worst thing that you can ever do is not recognize when that's the case to leave that last little glimmer of hope because what you don't realize a lot of times is that it only takes one toe in the water to completely suck you in. That's all it takes. Yeah, you can't exactly. be one toe in. They say one foot in, one foot out. You can't be one toe in, one foot out. You can't. You have to draw a clear line. You have to cut things off completely and move on, you know? If you leave, if he senses, especially with this guy being as manipulative as as he is, as he is, if he senses even one inkling that he could win you back over, that you're a little bit on the fence about whether or not you would talk to him, if you show him any kind of kindness or openness, if you show him any opportunity that you're not completely done with him, anything other than 100%, not 99.9, but 100% shutout, he's going to keep going. He's going to keep going until he's un, until he ever sees that you're really done with him. Yeah. And I agree with that. And he said, bye more times than I can count. Like, he's like, this will be the last thing you hear from me. And then it's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Next time he calls you, you answer the phone. I thought you said last time. <laughs> so I have thought of all these things, ugly things I could do back. See, I'm trying to be stoic about this yeah, don't and do not it. be, don't you know, do you have the right, I have a right whistle. Yeah, I've wanted to blow in his ear so bad, but I don't want to mention, I, I would let him piss off my neighbors, not me. Right. Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. You would only be pouring gas on the fire. Anything you give him is just going to be more fodder, right? You know, just and that's, fodder. that's, this whole situation, honestly, this has taken me as old as I'm 36 years old. It has taken me 36 years to finally realize that. <laughs> Just yeah. walk away from certain things. Don't yeah. poke at the bear. You know, it's hard not to indulge when you have that ball of fire inside of you and you want to let something out on somebody. It's really hard. I'm 38 yeah. and I'm still learning that lesson. There's times when I have something I just really, really want to say. And I'm getting better at knowing that like, okay, I can indulge in that feeling and I can say it, but I'm going to regret it later. So yeah, be prepared to pay for what you say. It's It's not worth it. It's not Mm -hmm. worth it. Um, Well, I hope that you are well. I hope that you're safe. I think you are, but I really feel like uh, you've got to take this situation with this guy seriously. When somebody's Mm -hmm. on drugs, I mean, who they are today and who they are tomorrow may not be the same person. He may be stable enough to not hurt you today. Tomorrow, he can get high, get a wild idea, pick up that gun, find it in the heap of garbage and stuff. Exactly. 
and show up at your door in a completely different state and it could be very dangerous for you. Yeah, I agree. I um, so not, that's why. Yeah. 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 Get with that lawyer, get that, get that restraining order, you know? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's your homework. <laughs> for sure. Order. Yeah. Um, yeah. And anyway, so I, I hope you're okay. Are you, uh, are you, are you dating other, other people at this point or are you pretty much just staying to yourself or? No. And this is something I, I'm not dating anyone. And this is someone people have always told me, Jennifer, you need to be Jennifer for a while. Like right. my name twice, whatever. Rose be Rose for a while. Fake name. I don't know. Um, anyway, yeah. Do you want I me just, to use a fake name for you when we put this episode out? <laughs> If you'll use Rose, even though people, I do want to share this with certain friends of mine and people, it might get out, creep out or whatever, but I mean, you know, I'm a pretty good citizen now. So, I mean, I think it'll be fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe when we get off the call, you can tell me the stuff that you can't say in public. Okay. (laughs) Tell me, tell me the, tell me the, the really bad stuff. No, I'm just joking. Um, I hope that you're able to find peace. You seem like, you know, you want it. And uh, I yeah. can see that there's just under the surface, though, you're kind of shaking up a little bit. I mean, look forward to that tiny house. When is that thing going to be ready yeah. for you? So I'm estimating about July 1st. I tried to time it for the end of um, this lease. I'm going to have to do month to month for like a month, which will kill me. But um, it should be done this summer. That's um, exciting. I'm, I am very excited. I'm picking colors right now. And uh, yeah, I am very happy. I, I have things to look forward to. So that's helping a lot. You're going to get it done. Whatever that dude said, fuck him. You're, you're going to get that done. You're going to live your fucking life in that tiny house, and it's going to be a blast. Yes. I'm, yeah, I believe so. I know I'm, so. I'm very excited. Okay. I'll share this episode with you when it's done so you can send it to whoever you want, and I hope that you can okay. stay safe. And really, please consider the thought of that little girl's well-being over there and think about if there's something you can do to help her. For sure. I really will. And I like your show. I've listened to it. I'm going to probably continue to listen to it. I'm right on. I'm into it. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Take care. Hey, listen up, guys. If you find yourself in a situation where you know that a child or an adult, anybody needs your help and they don't have anybody else to help them. I just pray that you find the bravery and the strength in your heart to stand up and do what you got to do. And Rose, if you're listening, please find it in your heart to do the right thing. Please see what's going on there and know that it's not normal and she's not okay. Make that phone call to CPS. Let them go down there and decide if she's okay. And guess what? If she is, nothing will happen. But if she's not, They can get her out of there. Let them use their judgment. Trust me, there's something going on. Just because you didn't see it doesn't mean it ain't happening. I appreciate you guys for listening to this show because when we listen to these people's stories, we give them a voice. These are stories that need to be told. And that's the reason why we do this show every week. Till next time.